You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with John Wicks. John is the Director of National Marketing at Station Casinos and a 30-year hospitality industry veteran. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for joining me. I'm super excited to be here. So, obviously, you know my background in the casino space. This is this is like uh, great stuff for me. So, for those who don't know who you are or you know, listeners that might not be aware of what Station Casinos is, let's get a little background on yourself and the, and the company. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, so small-town kid from Northwestern Illinois who made it to Vegas. It's nice. Uh, I've been in the hospitality industry for a little over 30 years, started as a pizza delivery boy. That was fun. So I've worked for a couple of major chains, which it's uh, Pizza Hut and Happy Joe's, which is a regional chain. I uh, worked my way into casinos in college uh, as an intern, actually, which was kind of unique. I went to a private Catholic university in, in Iowa. So my internship was at uh, Isla Capri, which it was Lady Luck back then, but it changed. So that started me on the casino path, and it was just something, you know, the entertainment, the excitement. Uh, as a little kid, I played cards with my family, and my grandfather was at the dice. I was so exciting, so it really kind of lit the fire in me, and I, I really enjoy it. So, uh, you know, I've been worked for pretty much every major casino company there is, worked for every major entertainment company from Live Nation to uh, was my ground floor, what is now Hawkinson Group. So uh, it's, it, it's, it's really a, a I really love what I do. So it's, it's kind of, it's nice for me to be in this industry and, you know, stations, this is my second go around with station casinos. They gave me my first job in Las Vegas. So I packed up the car just like in the movies and like, I don't even have a job. Let's move to Vegas to see what happens. <laughs> and exactly what I did two weeks later, I had a job at station casinos and actually at Palace station. I was super excited to be there. It was fun. It was, it was unique and it was nice. It was, you know, nothing new. I, the river boats were very good to me, taught me a lot of things, but, uh, it launched my career and I'm back with stations and I'm excited. That's good. What do you do at stations? What's your primary? So, so my primary function is really that I, I really deal with the sales team. So I, I train all of our, our young sales teams, but in our industry, it's a casino host, casino marketing, player development. Uh, I do a lot of the event stuff too. So I, I put together a lot of boutique events, whether it's concerts, it's outings. We did some fun stuff. We, we just took a group to Ario Speedwagon, had a VIP experience. It was kind of fun. Uh, we have Michael Bublé this weekend. They had a group at uh, at uh, the football game, the Raiders' first Raiders game. So it was really, really fun. Uh, and then, you know, I do a lot on the marketing side as well. I do some all of our, our our VIP email program is really kind of on my side of things. So I do a lot of that stuff. So I do have some customers as well. So I do that. You know, take out uh, once you're in this business, it is what it is. You yeah. do that all the time. So, yes. and that's basically kind of my many hats. And then I do, we have an independent program. So all of our independent sales people is about 30 of them through all of our, our three, our three major properties or luxury properties, they call them. I, I take care of them as well. So like wear many hats right now, actually. I remember back in the casino days, yeah, there's, there's nothing, no job that you can't do uh, in the <laughs> yeah. casino business, you know, you're, Correct. you're kind of entrenched in the entire thing and you're immersed in the customer experience. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's 100%. what it boils down to. So before we hit the record button, you and I were talking about uh, horse racing in the past and things like that. But 
Um, I want to just focus first on on you as a person, John. What what makes you loyal to a brand and why? Like if you could share it in the form of a story, positive or negative, like why you're not loyal to a brand. I think our customers really enjoy that. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I look at loyalty for me as a I, I look at loyalty as a like a relationship, right? It's earned that way. That's kind of how I look at it and it begins in different ways. And I can give you a couple examples. So there's a place and it's funny and you're going to laugh because I just went back and visited my buddies. I haven't seen in a long time. These are my great school friends. You know, guys have been friends for a long time. We call them the Sandlot crew, right? Yeah. Uh, so we all, we all laugh. And my boy's like, Hey, when you, when you fly in, cause like, you know, it's a drive up here. Can you pick up a pizza? I said, yeah, for sure. I said, I know which one you want. He said, sure. It's happy Joe's pizza. So that was my first job in hospitality was happy Joe's pizza. And it was, you know, pizza parlors back in the day were, well, that's where you went, right? That's where you went to eat. Absolutely. And, you know, and it became one of those things where it was the introduction was a job. Then it was the, the you know, what really kept me going was the product was really good. The food was amazing. It's when you eat pizzas and a taco pizza. Who does taco pizza anyway? Hmm. And then, you know, it became one of those things where every time I would go back, even when I moved to Vegas, I'd fly back home. We'd have a taco pizza. And it was always the same. It was really good. You know, Midwestern people are so nice anyway, so maybe that was part of it. But what sustained me was, you know, it was really consistent. Everything was always good. It, it had attached itself to parts of my life, you know, whether it was all oh, after school. We all went to Happy Joe's and got a pizza and we got to talk to the girl there. And yeah. was, you know, that's kind of what it was a hangout. But then it moved on to when we were in college. All my college friends went to Happy Joe's Pizza because it was, you know, I went to you know college in Iowa. There was a Happy Joe's there. So it was, it was really one of those things that attached it. But how long, this is 30 years later, I'm still going and picking up Happy Joe's pizzas for my friends. So it's nice. I don't even get to eat Happy Joe's. It's not in Las Vegas. It's not anywhere but in the Midwest. So that's a that's brand loyalty if you can keep eating pizza for, for 30 plus years, for sure. Okay. You got to turn it into a Giorgiorno's or something and have them kind of oh, freeze them up oh, and send them across the country to you. Oh, no. I, it, that's happened before. <laughs> I had them bring a pizza on the plane one time. Not kidding. Not kidding. So when you say my buddy pizza, pizza, what does a taco pizza even look like? Like a taco? Oh, it, yeah, it's amazing. So it, it's so think of the crust, right? And then you you put like a bean sauce on it, and then they put like taco meat, cheese, and they put lettuce, chips, and tomatoes on it, and it's amazing. I'm not kidding. It's one of those. It's it, it, listen, everybody out there, find out, look up Happy Joe's pizzas. I promise, it's gonna be amazing. There'll be taco pizzas at Pizza Hut someday. That's but great. then you know. On the other side of things, you know, I'm a, I was, I traveled a lot for work as a, you know, in, in the sales part of this, uh, for a long time. And I was a big fan when, when Southwest came out, you know, if you remember, it was like, you had your opportunity to get, you know, you could get your seat if you're there on time and it was pretty cheap. They had flights everywhere. You know, Vegas was a hub. I was in another Chicago lot. Chicago was a hub, you know, and, and, and I even had a customer who was a pilot and through the years, I even part of their loyalty program. I used to get a lot of miles. It just had a few bad experiences. It was it, when it changed into, you know, you had to buy your upgrade to business class or sit front. All these changes happen. You buy bags and it, a lot of things change. And maybe that's the airline industry as a whole, the way they promoted it. I got a sour taste in my mouth. So I guess that's the other side of it. And it's maybe not to their fault. Maybe it's just part of the culture of flying changed. But I was a big proponent of Southwest when everyone's like, oh, you don't get to pick your seat. I kind of like that. I'm the guy who's there on time. I'm the guy who's there early. I, I, you know, early bird gets the worm, right? I'm always there on time. I'm always prepared. Uh, and that kind of changed a little bit. That that bothered me. And, you know, sometimes 
you know, loyalty falls out of favor for many different reasons, but that's kind of the, the negative side of things, if that makes yeah. sense. They must have, they must have changed their policy because I just flew them up to New York last month and they, um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and they, they uh, don't charge you extra for the bags anymore. Well, it was, it was, they didn't charge you for like a carry on, but when you had to check bags, the last time I had to check bags, they charged me. And I don't remember, it's been a while, so maybe this, exactly, again, this was a while ago. It's interesting, John, because they, they must have probably gotten flack from people, and that's why they yeah. changed the policy, because they, they, they don't do it anymore. It's two bags fly free per person, which is huge in comparison to some of these other discount airlines. And listen, the relationship's coming back full circle because we just took them to Hawaii. So my wife and I took the kids to Hawaii, and I just flew southwest, so they they did something right. They got me back. So good. Well, let's see. Hopefully they can keep it because I, I, I like that airline just for that reason that you don't have to think about the seat. You know, yep. I, I do the extra 15 or 20 bucks for the early pass thing or whatever it is. So you do, you know, yeah, I do that too. In ahead of time and you get, you know, a 17 or 25, whatever it is. And then you just get on the plane. Sure. So, a little easier. Um, all right. Let, let's switch gears and, and talk a little bit about from a business standpoint, um, you know, obviously in the casino business, I know it intimately, the loyalty program in the, in station casinos, do you have any involvement with that, with that at all? No, I, you know, I do in the sense that I support it. Right. So I'm not, uh, you know, historically I've been involved, more involved in other programs in the past. Right now I kind of just support what's happening with it. Um, I don't really do much in the day to day in terms of what's, what's, what our offerings are. Uh, things like that. I'm more direct with the with the player because a lot of uh, a lot of our guests that I do with our higher higher net worth guests, they mm-hmm. laugh like, "What is this program for? It doesn't do anything for me." I was like, "But you got me. That's what I am. That's what I'm here for, right? Yeah. That's kind of how it works." But loyalty in in our business is tough because unlike you know maybe the you know if you're selling a product or or something like you know if I'm Pepsi or if I'm Apple, I'm selling a product. You, you know that's something you consume. I'm selling an experience. And my target customer is so different and so diverse. I mean, there's there's customers in every s- segment you can imagine that come to casinos for entertainment, whether it's and what type of entertainment are there? Are they a gambling focused customer? Or are they a retail focused customer? There's a lot of lot of different segments out there that we have to attack. So it's really a, a, a tough thing to drive loyalty in that diverse of a group. And would you say, John, most of your clients are local residents to station casinos? You know, stations is probably about a 70-30. So 70% local and 30% destination. It's We're getting to the point where we're starting to drive more out-of-town guests because we're such a good proposition for out-of-town customers. Because, you know, staying on the strip, while it's got its lure, uh, and it's amazing. So there's some beautiful properties, and uh, I love them all. I spent time in them. Um, you know, for the guests who's not coming to Vegas to blow their, you know, college kids' college fund, we're a good value proposition, right? You can get treated very well and have a nice experience and, you know, and get taken care of. That's kind of what we're about. I mean, but the local I, side of things, go ahead. Sorry. No, when you say you have entertainment, I'm assuming it's, you know, you have name brand people that are, you know, either shows or whatever that, that people are coming for as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We just, like I said, we just had Ario Speedwagon. We have Brett Young coming, uh, who's an amazing country artist. And we have, I mean, they're not the, you know, Billy Joel's of the world, yeah. but we, we have a, we have our own niche, right? So 
it's great. But we do attach ourselves. We have strategic partnerships. We attach ourselves to things that are going on. I just took a group to uh, Guns N' Roses, which was at Allegiant Stadium. We have a we have a box there. So same thing with T-Mobile Arena. We're going to Michael Bublé this Friday. So we do attach ourselves to some of those things that are going around on, on our environment because, I mean, we'd be crazy not to, right? And those yeah. are the things people want. You know, there's so many things that active, different things that activate people when you're coming to Vegas. So entertainment's just one part of it. And those are definitely fun gigs, I'm sure, to be involved with, with the customers, right? You get to know the customers on an on a individual basis, the top tier players. And, and Absolutely. And, and I guess it does make sense, too. You think about from a, a local standpoint, maybe most of them might be local because, like I was just saying before, the you know, we hit the record button. I'm going out to Las Vegas in October for a poker tournament, but I'm only going to be there for a short window. So even if it's, you know, it has to be within that window if I'm traveling. But if it's yep. a, a local guest, you know, who could come to a, you know, to the arena for a show that's going to happen or, you know, an event that's going to happen in two weeks from now, that's a little bit easier, I guess, to get them there. Yes and no. You know, it's one of those things. I've been working in the the, the local space for a long time, even on the riverboats when I did there, we were predominantly local as well. Uh, so you're, it's a competitive market, really. I mean, you think about Las Vegas, and it's actually growing in other cities. You can gamble in the grocery store here. You can gamble in the in the gas station. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and there's little these little pop up casinos everywhere. So you can gamble everywhere. So what is it? You know, really driving that loyalty is. It's all about the relationship. It really is. People need to feel comfortable. They need to feel like this is their, their home. That's really what it's about. And it takes a lot to do that these days. And to hold on to that is something that's, uh, you know, we, we stations does a really good job of that. They've really invested in their in their staff and their people, and that's a big part of their success. Now you mentioned you have strategic partnerships, so that's like uh, a, a huge trend in just general loyalty, whether it's in the casino business. Sure. Or not. Um, in the marketplace, I was listening to a podcast this morning while I was at the gym about this guy that started a company called Marketplacer with a little marketplace with an R at the end. And they were telling stories about how the, not necessarily around loyalty, but the creating a marketplace where your customers are going to go do other things anyway. So you might as well create a relationship with the other places that benefit your customer in your organization. So for example, like Southwest, we were talking about Southwest, they have, right. uh, in addition to flying on their airline to earn points, you can go to, uh, I think it's called Rapid Rewards Marketplace or whatever it is, online shopping. So now you could shop at Home Depot, Best Buy, Petco, um, Walmart, whatever it is, and earn Southwest Rewards points as, you know, it's like the cash back that you get with your credit card, but you don't have to sure. use it a specific credit card. So I guess what I was asking is the types of relationships that you look to garner, are they, you know, major relationships or do you have lots of little ones that are going to help drive more traffic to station casinos? So in my world, there are lots of little ones. Unfortunately, I'd like to say our industry is catching up that the gaming industry as a whole is learning this process. You see some of the, the partnerships with the NFL, you see some partnerships with other brands. Gaming industry is learning it. Yeah. I don't think we're quite there yet. I'd like to see it come around because I, I think that'd be so beneficial for us and so beneficial for our guests because no one knows our customers like us. I, I promise you that. Mm -hmm. In all the sales, uh, when I train my sales staff, I tell them all the same thing. 
you need to be the one phone call that everyone makes because you need to be able to do it all for them because the moment they reach out to someone else, what happens? They're calling someone else, yeah. right? They've already, they're, they're already one step away from you. You know, it's that you feel that one guy for everything they need when it comes to entertainment, anything that they want, whatever market you're in, whether it was in Iowa, whether it was in, in Las Vegas, that one phone call and they're completely dependent upon you and you have all the information and to, to pull that off, you have to have a network, right? You really have to have a group of people. It starts that simple. That's that. Those are the strategic partnerships. Like I have a partnership with a friend of mine who works over at Park Theater. So I just took a bunch of customers to Bruno Mars and they're like, oh my God, I've never experienced anything like that. She walked us to the back and she sat us down. We were, you know, five rows from the stage and who does this and how does this happen? And everyone needs to experience Vegas this way. I was like, you're welcome. You know, but I wouldn't have, listen, I can't afford that. I I can't afford to pay for that. Nor is, you know, nor do I have the casino budget to do that. And, you know, sometimes. So, how cool is it that I have a, a partnership with someone, just an individual, that's going to do that? And if if industries did that more, I think they would all benefit from it. I think hopefully the egos get out of the way a little way, a little way, and uh, get things moving because in every industry, I mean, we could all benefit from that. All of us. I, I completely agree, John. And uh, you know, aside from this, I have uh, another business that does exactly that. And I used to service the casino industry exclusively, but it became so difficult because I think innovation is a curse word in the casino industry. <laughs> in, in the sense of, and I, and I get, you know, listen, we've been doing this in the desert for the last fifty years. Why change it? But yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that need to, they need to change at a um, you know, uh, in, on a, an individual level for every single thing that they do, but they need to be able to think outside the box. So Caesars already has a platform like I was describing where right. it used to be total rewards. Now it's Caesars rewards where you could shop at all these other stores and earn Caesars points uh, that you could use next time you're in Vegas or whatever other, one of their properties. And it's smart, you know, yep. uh, and I'm, I'm under an NDA with them because I consult in the business as well uh, after I sell my casino years ago. And I know how much, business they're doing it's mind-boggling mind-boggling yeah yeah so, i worked for Caesars for a while i understand yeah for so sure. uh we built this platform with the intent to show it to casinos and then we we use the name comp links as a name specific to comp links link the two complementary programs right and yep. um you know uh, we got one customer parks casino is the only customer that we got and now you know, we're spreading out into other areas, and now we we got a, a theater chain. So you know, but it, it, that was kind of like my lead into the next question. Really, is why is innovation a curse word in the gaming industry? Uh, you know, I think a lot of it, some of it, is legislation because um, all of hospitality businesses, whether it's a bar, a restaurant, a casino, they have they're under different legislation rules, right? And so I, I, I am an owner in a ticketing company. So I'll give you a prime example. Um, we, to do business in Nevada, they have an LET tax, right? And the LET tax is controlled by the Nevada Gaming Control Board. To do business, you have to go through the vetting process of the Nevada Gaming Control Board, which costs money, $20,000, I think, at one point or something. I can't remember the exact price, so I apologize if that's wrong. Um, but then you have to go through the vetting process. They have to dive into your software. They have to, you have to, they have to have back end access to your software, which is almost scary sometimes. 
Yeah, right. So there's a whole process to it. So some of it's legislation. Some of it is, hey, we're making money. What needs to change? <laughs> you know, some of it is that. I mean, but that's in every industry. I think there's a little bit of that. I think it's a change. It's like even watching cultures changes. It, it moves like that sometimes. But I had the unique benefit of working with uh, Calvin Air, you know, Calvin Bodog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did some I did some stuff with with Calvin. So that's the other side of the spectrum. Talk about an innovator who just was, oh, you know, I'm going to pay you, you know, hundred million dollars for the college teams to play national championship game. Now there's a national championship game. He was doing all kinds of crazy things, and he, you know, learning from him was so exciting. And I did a campaign with him. He's like, how do I get to your, you know, to land, you know, people betting casinos? I said, let's try something. So I took a list that we had that I had worked long time ago i mean this is probably 15 16 years ago so this is to tell you how advanced he was we sent a, a it was a billfold looked like a billfold it was a mail just direct mail and in it was a hundred dollar bill from cat and it had his picture on it and you log in a boat august three hundred dollar bet the commission alone that i made from that one campaign was more than i make in a year sometimes so <laughs> you can tell you that that he was such a forward thinker so now to work back in the land-based casinos and they're all like, okay, we're going to have a promotion this week. We're going to do a tournament maybe. Yeah. I'm like, oh, and even the pandemic, during the pandemic, I was like, hey, can I do an online slot tournament? Y'all looked at me like I was like, I had a, like an alien at a third head or something. I was like, come on, <laughs> how cool would that be? Right? Yeah. And then the, the winner gets whatever free play or something that you have to do and activate at the casino. Wouldn't that be cool? But you know, it's, I don't know, what the, I wish I had the answer to that, mm. but uh, they'll come along eventually. They're, I mean, it'll move slow, but it'll move. It's always moving. I was a neighbor of uh, Calvin when I lived in uh, in Antigua, in Valley oh. Harbor. We went out yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. A copy of this, uh, this. Oh, he's an amazing person. Honestly, I learned so much from him. It was great. We went to, I, I, he took us down to um, the Kentucky Derby, and that was amazing. Yeah, just to pick his brain. He he became the um, uh, I forget what they call it, but I think it's the uh, some financial advisor to the the country of Antigua down there. Oh, I can't imagine. He's yeah. he's such a brilliant mind. Yeah, he's so much fun. Something in the crypto space, I think they're doing. I yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't talked to him in a very long time. He's just an amazing guy. Yeah. Anyway, so what uh, what what is the future? of loyalty look like in your mind? Like if you could paint a picture of what the, not necessarily the loyalty program, I earn points, but along those lines, what does it look like in the future, John? You know, I think it's, I think it's going to be really immersed. And I, and I mean that in the sense that I think casinos, hopefully and entertainment and, and, and hospitality itself, whether it's hotels, restaurants, you know, concerts or, or anything like that, when they, when they start getting that holistic approach, some of the Caesars where, you know, I can take my earning, whatever my points are, or I can earn points and, and whatever I purchase and that program is tied to my entire life. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, how cool would that be that, you know, I log into my app for stations, casinos, and I, I shop, I earn points. I play on my little online casino and I play my games and earn points to, to, to spend at the casino or, you know, all these things, I purchase a ticket to a show and Ticketmaster gives me points. If that all looks like that, then the information you get and the amount of things I can push back to you that would be so personalized, 
you know, yeah. uh, if I got an invitation, just, Hey, here's your private, your invitation to a, a meet and greet for REO Speedwagon. I'd be like, done. What do I, you know, where do I sign up? What is it going to do? And I think there'll be a, a nice marry to, I think what we've seen is just before the pandemic, Las Vegas itself was 70-30 retail to gaming. Gaming had lost its luster a little bit. In the pandemic, gaming came back. Because why? The entertainment's really not there yet. It's coming back slowly. It's limped back into the game. When entertainment comes back, I'd like to see that back. You know, most casinos started some version and resorts started some version of retail rewards. Well, the retail dollar is very lucrative. So is the gaming dollar. But how do we marry that? And how do we how do we create experiences that drive loyalty? Because that's what it's about, really. Right. It's about creating lifetime experiences that really, really change the way you look at your brand. And I think casinos have been standoffish when it comes to that a little bit. They're really good at taking care of customers in a sense, the, the individual. But when it comes to the masses, which, you know, well, they may not have volume, they may not have value as the individual, they have value as the mass, right? As the group, they're worth a lot of money. They yeah. really are. And, you know, we've, we've done a lot. I've seen a lot of changes where we come that total value of the customer where, you know, the average guest, I mean, you, you can look at some of the metrics, comes to Las Vegas, say they come with $1,000. They spend pre-pandemic, it was 700 on entertainment, you know, 200 on gaming and whatever, $100 on transportation. I mean, that's just a, a example of a mix. But, okay, how do I attach myself to that individual and what drives them? What is it? So, there may be a different person who spends nine hundred on gaming and a hundred on transportation. Mm-hmm. How do I how do I send messaging to these different guests? What are their activators? And I think that where the retail space, like similar to Amazon, if you go and put anything in your in your in your cart, it's following you around the internet, right? Yeah, and it says the gaming also bought this. The gaming oh. space hasn't quite figured that out yet. Whereas you know, say you 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 came out and you played with us and ate with us we don't we have the play data i don't have the dining data what did you eat or did you and we tried this in a few places and I, I put a few programs together that didn't quite get to where they wanted to but can you imagine if i sent you you know you you're not a gambler you come out you like to spend money and i have a couple guests that spend 30 40 thousand a weekend when they come up they just don't gamble mm-hmm. if i sent you hey here's a free suite for a weekend because i know you're going to spend thirty thousand dollars while you're out here what casino does that? Yeah, right. Not very many. No, there right. are a few loyalty programs out there, but when that when we marry the two, I think we'll really truly be on that path, and we start utilizing some of those systems that make you know. And, and I've worked in the digital space, but we're we're really got that that intelligent marketing where it's it's driving you based on how the messaging you want to hear. Right? What do you want to hear? What drives you? What are you looking for? we collecting that information. It's not coming back that way, unfortunately, yeah. just yet. Well, and unfortunately, in the digital space, it's, I don't want to say it's so easy, but it is easy. I mean, you know, uh, super so, easy. like what, what these other companies are doing. Imagine, John, if you knew your customer was buying small dog pet food, right? Or they bought a hunter ceiling fan, 52 inch you know, blades or whatever, they bought uh, a shed from Home Depot. Now, these are just silly examples. But the point is, is that you would be able to then, without being too creepy, kind of know what your customers not only spend is, but what their, you know, propensity to do and buy other things is in their normal life. And you're getting paid for that data. 
That's yep. that's the crazy thing. Anyway, I mean, I can go on about it forever. And oh, that's so fun, though. I, I'll, I'll, I agree we'll, with you. I think we'll have to take this conversation offline. I don't want to bore you. <laughs> I think so, too. And I said For customers sure. earlier earlier in the podcast, I said our customers might enjoy this. And I meant I meant our listeners. Uh, but anyway, um, so, John, listen, I, I really sincerely appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to chat with us. And hopefully our listeners really enjoyed it as well. If listeners want to get a hold of you for more information about Stacey Casinos, uh, how would they best be to do that? Uh, you know, really catch me on LinkedIn is the best way. You know, uh, John Wicks, J-O-H-N-W-I-C-K-E-S. Find me there. Connect with me. I love to share information, too. I love to, I love to chat. I, I think it's the, the number one thing we can do as leaders in our industries is just share knowledge. Great. I'm all about learning. I have tons of humility in my life. Yeah. Like I said, I, before I got on the podcast, I was listening to another podcast about, you know, marketplaces and just interesting things. And, I, and you always learn little tidbits and here and there. Well, like I said, I, I, I like to wrap these things up usually around 25 to 30 minutes because that's kind of the, you know, the bite size sure. most people are listening for on their lunch break, or what have you. I want to thank you again for being a guest. I want to thank our loyal listeners for listening to the podcast uh, and, and for sharing their time with us. We definitely appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you know someone else who might be able to value uh, listening to the show, please do share. That's how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks again, John. I sincerely appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.